Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast, episode 74. And boy, do we have quite a show in store for all of you guys tonight. As always, joining me alongside me is my co-host, Mr. Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite, Mr. Cowboy Dan, a.k.a. Dylan Jimenez. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Hello. Well, well, well. well. There's a snake in my boot. There's a snake in your boot. All right. (laughs) There's no snake in my boot. No snake in your boot. All right. Nice to know. Nice to know. All right, gentlemen. And joining us today is a special guest, a friend of the podcast, making her debut return back onto our new home channel. It's uh, Footmax Nation's own Miss Cari Torres. Cari, thank you for joining us and welcome to our new home. Hello, guys, and thank you for having me. It's 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 good to to be back with you guys um, on a more professional level, of course. So, thanks for having me. No, thank you for always being willing to come on to the show and talk everything, whether it's Liga Mekis or if it's, in this case, the L3 edition of the Eagle Eye podcast. Really excited to have you on because both you and Dylan, for the first time, met down in Arlington. I was about to say Dallas, Dylan, but I, I remember it. I remember you guys met each other down in Arlington at the AT&T Stadium. You guys went to go and go cover the game. But yeah, we were both there at the game. It was uh, me and Dylan's first time meeting each other uh, as friends. So that was, a, that was a good experience. And just having to do the whole covering uh, in English uh, from the English uh, community was pretty cool. So that was really exciting to see you guys down there. You guys brought us some amazing, amazing coverage. Um, Gotti, with the work that you guys did at Filmex Nation, you guys got a lot of the fan festivals, a lot of uh, prior to the to the game as well. You guys got a lot of interviews, um, a lot of great stuff over there. And then Dylan, of course, you know, you went uh, in and did your thing, and uh, you know, you 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 even got to talk to an FC Dallas player. I mean, FC Dallas, a Cowboys uh, player, in regards to. To, to soccer and everything and, and in regards to the Mexican national team as well. So, I mean, it's, it's completely amazing the work that you guys put out there. Yeah, no, it, w- it was definitely fun. You know, something I've been wanting to do for a long time now, you know, dreaming of mine too to cover the national team. Um, so, you know, I able to meet Gotti and everybody else too, being able to network and hand out some business cards too, you know, um, you know, it was a fun experience and I can't wait to talk about it some more. All right, definitely. Well, we won't take any further, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get into it right away. We're going to start previewing uh, the Gold Cup. But before we get to that point, uh, we're definitely going to start start talking about the matches we previewed in the uh, last podcast in which Mexico faced Venezuela. And then, of course, I'll let you guys take over when we do talk about Mexico against Ecuador. So let's jump into our time machines. Let's go back a week and let's go talk Mexico versus Venezuela, a game that ended 3-1. to one. And if we're being quite honest, it didn't start off the way Tata Martino and company were expecting it. Now, of course, a freakish, whatever you want to call it, oh, uh, you know, cross goal, cross center, whatever you want to call it, catches uh, Orozco off guard. Puts the ball into the back of the net, and at the end of the day, that was uh, th- that was how Venezuela got uh, up there. And then, of course, Mexico crawled back and got themselves a couple of good goals, a couple of good chances. Um, I, I want to talk about how you guys saw that national team come back from behind and how you guys saw them start the game off and whether or not you think this team is actually starting to play the way that Tata Martino is wanting them to play. So I'll throw it to you first, Christian. Um, 3-1, final result. 
what's your final take on it before you get into the nitty gritty of things? Uh, I liked it overall. Uh, I think this game was a true uh, testament to what this team can do in the Gold Cup. I know there were a lot of doubts about this team because of the, the selection that Tata Martino uh, announced and whether or not they would perform and against a Venezuela team that, you know, they, they have their problems, but you know, like you said, I, even in the last podcast, they are, they are a, a bit of a, a bit of a test for Mexico. And I think we handle, uh, handle it perfectly. All right. All right. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Dylan, what was your take on this three to one? No, definitely agree with Christian too. You know, it was something that you wanted to see from the team to go out and perform too. You know, I think, I think, uh, you know, starting off, you know, un- unlucky and unfortunate not to get a goal early in the game. You know, obviously you're conceding the goal first, but then you respond with a goal that was well-deserved, in my opinion, um, depending on how you look at it. But overall, you know, the, looking at the at the team aspect of it, too, um, it was good. You see the way this team's going to attack. You see this way this team's going to pass the ball around. So overall, it was a good result and a good match for the team. Gotti, last one to throw it to you. <clears throat> Just overall thought over this 3-1. Um, I think we're finally seeing a system under Tata. I know it's early, but I, I think it's a three that definitely um, is in the development. But with the players that are there because they're committed and they want to represent the team, you saw that. You saw, especially in the youngsters, I, I loved Pizarro and all of them. Um, I think Edson's injury was, you know, it is what it is. But um, I think this three showed that they can definitely come back and win. And I don't think Venezuela is a bad team, um, as we saw with what happened against U.S. yesterday. But I think they definitely showed um, that they deserve uh, to play good. Like, they played good. I like, I like, I really liked it. They came back well. And I think moving forward, um, now with this other game, they're 4-4. Four for four, So it's just positive things come from it. Now, <clears throat> interesting enough that you guys say that this is ultimately in the grand scheme of things, a very good result for Mexico because, you know, you, you, you get a goal down, but the resilience to go back and fight and get the goals really speaks a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, in regards to the characters of some of these players out there on the pitch. And some of these players were actually, you know, fighting for potentially a position, a starting position for this gold cup. Mm-hmm. Um, now I want to read off some numbers to you guys. And I, I think it really shows exactly the style of play that Tata Martino really wants this Mexican national team to be playing. If you look at the possession, Mexico had a total of 67% of possession. So, I mean, right off the bat, it, I mean, it, it showed Mexico had the ball. Mexico wanted to have the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it was them trying to orchestrate the attack. This is something we talked about on the previous podcast. The only thing I had concerning was, did we have the players up top that could actually create those final chances in the final third? Do you, did you guys see enough of a final product in this game in which, yes, we do get three goals, but was there enough final product from the players that we had on the pitch that makes you guys think, yes, this is this is a team that can go out and perform, uh, you know, against any team in this Gold Cup. I think I think when you look at it, you kind of say you kind of say yes and no because it kind of going back whenever I first talked about you know the overall, especially in those opening minutes. You know, obviously, um, like I said, unlucky to conceive that that freakish cross or that goal, whatever you want to call it. You know, you know, because this team, you know, they had some chances. You know, to put the the ball on the back of the net you know they created the chances you know it's just they didn't find the back of the net um the team the team obviously like you said Ivan besides the three goals you know those three goals still account to something that this team was able to put three goals on the board and in the back of the net so I mean 
you you kind of see it, you know, as a as kind of a downside a little bit because you know you had those chances, you didn't finish them. But you know, when it comes time to it, because now the games coming up matter. You know, can you put those chances away whenever you have them? Because I think at this point, you know, obviously with the competition starting, the tournament starting, you're gonna have to put those chances away every time. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Anyone else want to jump on this, or you guys all agree with what Dylan said? No, I think Dylan Dylan said it perfectly. Dylan wrapped it up. I think. Um, I mean, you look at this team, and it's a very young team. You look at Charlie who has played fantastic. I have no um, doubt in him. You know, it's not like a a youngster that I'm like really worried about and thinking, oh my God, he's going to be a liability. No, on the contrary, I think he offers so much. Um, Just like Pizarro. I think Pizarro especially is so grateful for the opportunity that he has now to represent with the national team, which I think, and I will still say day to day, that he should have been in last World Cup. I'll throw that out there. But... um, I think moving forward, yeah, I think this team, even with that team played, I think they can do a lot of damage with any other team and in Gold Cup. I mean, if you look at, I mean, not disrespecting any team, but I'm just saying if you probably put man-to-man with any other team, I think Mexico is still on top. You know, interesting enough that, you know, we're, we're at this stage in which, let's face it, we're, we're not at our strongest um, in regards to player call-ups, and yet, if you look at some of the some of what the, the experts are saying, Mexico is still favorite to to come out on top, even against the uh, the United States. Which <clears throat> I was looking over their roster, and you know they're missing a couple of big names too. You know they're missing a couple of players, and of course they're going through the same kind of transition that we're going through, in which you know new generations kind of you know taking over this. You know they've doing it for a little bit longer than we have. You know, but it it just kind of shows that you know Mexico even at this stage, in which many of us would think this is a very weak uh, Mexican side, and it kind of reminds me of the Gold Cup of um, when was it? Uh, was it twenty? Uh, 09, the Gold Cup of 09, in which Mexico took a very weak roster and still was able to walk out on top. And I think uh, beat the U.S. by like two, three goals. I can't remember. the. I'd have to go and look back at it. But this this roster reminds me so much of that because um, talent-wise, you have some very bright young players. And, and there's there's some key... Uh, there's some key players there that have a lot of experience as well. So it makes me think that, you know, even with the lackluster of stars that we have, we still have more than enough to go out there and push for a, for a decent championship. Yeah. I agree. I think we have the talent, especially in those mm-hmm. youngsters. And if you look at it, it's like Edson has played all the, you know, the whole, whole season. You have Charlie, you have Pizarro, you have Gallardo, you have Yojo, you have all these players that accumulated all the minutes they, they can in Liga Menke. So now that they have the opportunity to represent, even if it's for a Gold Cup, and I know I, I, I'm i like hot, hot and cold with Gold Cup, but at this point, I think it's good for these youngsters to get the opportunity to get those minutes with the national team. Yes, mm-hmm. we don't have Chuki, you know, sadly, we don't have the big names, but we still have the talent. So why not support these young talents and just, keep, you know, be positive about them? Like, we're not going to, you know, especially with the whole dilemma of like, you know, once maybe... Chicharito says no. Everybody else says no, 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 no. Okay, well we don't we don't need to worry about that. We have the players that did say yes, and they're here representing. So, I think we have the talent um, for you know for them to win the Gold Cup, and especially under Tata, I think the system is working, and so I believe it positively. 
Mm-hmm. And not only just the talent, you know, we have, we also have some experienced players. You have players like Hector Moreno and Andres Guardado, Guillermo Choa, who can can provide that leadership and that experience to these young, talented players and guide them in the right direction, no matter what uh, what problem hits in this Gold Cup. No, I, I think you uh, you and Kari nailed it perfectly right there. Um, there's there's more than enough talent mixed in with more than enough uh, experience. You know, there's a couple of players that are on the fringe of whether or not they should be there, whether or not they're going to be there for the rest of this kind of uh, World Cup cycle. But it's still interesting enough to see how well this team can go out and perform, you know. And, um, I mean, if if they can go and blow out the, tar- the, the competition in this tournament, can you only imagine what this team was going to be capable of doing, whether or not, you know, you had some of the even bigger names be yeah. part of this roster, right? So it, it gives us kind of a little bit more to kind of fathom when it comes to maybe seeing into the future when it comes to, you know, Nations League and when it comes to World Cup qualifiers and stuff like that. And, of course, the potential World Cup. It, it, it you know, it, it gets the thing, you know, gets you kind of going and thinking that whether or not this is actually finally going to be the right process, that Mexico's finally going to get it right, and maybe it starts here with this Gold Cup and this roster. And see, like... I think none of us would have thought like so many of like the star players, the more experienced players would be dropping out either regardless of personal decisions. You know, we saw like with the whole, you know, cancer thing, which was a, you know, definitely a big side story. We saw, you know, Tecatito, we saw Chucky, like aside from all that, um, you, you question like, if only we had Linus, if only we had JJ, you know, cause those yeah. two, especially JJ Macias, because a lot of people are questioning, you know, Alexis Vega. Um, because this season he didn't have the best of his seasons like it's just a reality but but he's getting the opportunity but you question okay if you want to take your best striker you have JJ Macias he went to the Sioux 20 if he could have been in gold cup and you know or Linus is you know I know people are people are hot and cold with Linus and I think sometimes they go overboard first they praise him and then they knock him down and Mm -hmm. I think it's totally unfair you know I think it's he's a he's a youngster like he's barely getting you know, out there and they, his expectations are so high, but obviously it's great to think high, but you can't just like smash him every time, you know, he doesn't do something. So um, I think just thinking like, what if, you know, Linus and JJ would have been in this roster, it would have been another cool plus to this already great, talented uh, <clears throat> Gold Cup squad. Yeah. It's a discussion we had uh, earlier in the year. And I think, um, a good friend Brian was on the podcast in which we discussed about that and we said whether or not he should be at the Gold Cup or whether or not he should be at in the under in the under twenty World Cup. And um I think we all kind of decided that, you know, the Gold Cup was probably the best way, but you know, it, you know, they, they decided and you know they took their own courses and that's respectable, right? So, you know, now we're kind of living in, in, in the era and, and in and whether or not they're gonna be dealing with those consequences. But Either way, I, I think, yes, those two names would definitely kind of impulse the squad and I think would definitely make us top contenders for for, for the Cup if if it wasn't clear enough that we're already the favorites coming into this, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> so we're kind of veered away from the match itself a little bit, and I just want to Sorry. go back to it. <laughs> I don't know topic with the other ones. No, I, I think it's perfect because it's uh, it, it really goes to show how much attention is actually being kind of grasped at this at, at this national team even though a lot of people won't admit it that a lot of people are paying attention to this you know and and 
the game itself against Venezuela was was looked at and whether or not this team was going to be able to function the way that Tata Martino wanted to because we knew that this was not going to be the starting 11 off the bat for Tata. This was some players that were fighting for their spot to come in and prove themselves. And I want to say a good 70% of them proved that they did have what it takes to be part of this squad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at players like, you know, Edson Alvarez, who was on the pitch for, for, for quite some time. I think he looked pretty decent. Um, you know, we knew about him coming into this, that he might potentially have an important role. Unfortunately, he does get injured, and he will be out for potentially, what, two games for, two. for the goal? Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, and then, of course, we're going to talk about the other injury that happens in the other game in, in Hector Moreno, whether or not he's going to be able to be part of the squad. I know a lot of people already ruled him out, but there's been reports that he isn't 100% ruled out just yet. So it's... It's it's on the it's it's on the edge. I would I would have to say, but um, I mean, someone you talked about, Carlos Rodriguez, came in and, and looked you know pretty well against Venezuela. Uh, Rodolfo Pizarro show, showcasing that he's going to be very important for this Mexican squad. That he needs to be that vital key figure, especially when uh, creating stuff going forward. Um, you know, and there was players that kind of left me a little bit of doubt. Um, Eric Gutierrez. I think uh, I needed to see more from him in in Mm -hmm. a game in which I think he could potentially be fighting for a starting position, but I don't think he actually showcased it. Um, Jesus Gallardo was another one of those players that, you know, I could see him either starting or coming off the bench. You know, you kind of know what you're getting out of him. Uh, Diego Reyes, another one of those players that, you know. Your boy, Gunny. There was moments of brilliance and there was moments of whether or not he should be on this pitch. Um, it's just a lot of inconsistency sometimes from him. Um, and it's unfortunate because we know what he's capable of, at least those who have seen him in, in, in with uh, with America and, and in his, and his uh, time over there at Porto when, whenever he was shining. Um, definitely has it in the, in the bag, but just for the recent times, just been very inconsistent. And hopefully he can find some consistency in this Gold Cup because due to all these injuries, he might even have a starting role already in Tata Martino's uh, starting 11, which I know you're shaking your head, Kari, but uh, unfortunately that might just be the case. And, and you're not the only one shaking their head right now. I'm pretty sure there's some of some people listening right now going, you know, please, please no. But um I mean, anyone else that stood out to you guys that maybe um, you guys felt were needed a little bit more or or that actually caught your attention in a good way? But, I mean, in regards to what I saw on the pitch against Venezuela, you know, I saw a pretty good, decent Mexico side. Um, one player I will point out is Raul Jimenez. Uh, I think after coming off a great season at Wolves, I think he still has a little bit to prove with, with Mexico. Um, not, I'm not saying that he was under Chicharito's limelight or like uh, under his shadow or something like that, but you know, he wasn't getting all the attention that I, we all think that he deserved. And now this is his opportunity to show the world and show Mexican fans that, you know, he is the next, the next striker for Mexico. But I just found these two games, he was a little bit lackluster for me, had a couple of chances that he should have put away. We normally see him put away, but he just didn't do that. So I think if once he once he starts getting his groove, I think we'll get the best out of him, and that'll just make this Mexico team even better. Okay. Anything else in regards to Raul Jimenez? I know this is kind of a big topic in on Twitter for quite some time. I liked Jimenez um, in the in Venezuela game yesterday. I thought it was kind of it, it was good. I, I'm not gonna be like the best game he had, but I liked him in Venezuela. Um, I definitely agree with Christian. This is he is the head of 
the team right now in regards to like goals. Like it's his time to show, hey, you know, and I actually, I, you know, we got a, a clip from him from the press conference saying he's going to show mm-hmm. the world who he is. So he's definitely committed um, with Gold Cup and he wants to show everybody that he's the striker that Mexico um, has after a, su- a successful season with Wolves. So I feel like his dedication is there, his ambition is there. I've liked them, and I know he's definitely going to be have a starting role uh, throughout this Gold Cup. Definitely, he's got to be our big number nine, and uh, hopefully, he has it in to actually carry the team on his shoulders because we're really going to need him. Really, really going to need him. But anything else you guys want to add before we jump on to the next game? Um, I liked Navarrito not because he's a Leon. Obviously, you guys uh-huh. were going to point that out. Uh-huh. But I felt like it, it, justice was served. Justice was served. Uh, he gave the, the best right back of the Liga Mekis an opportunity with Alexion. And I think he had a, a, a good performance. He, you know, he was down the line serving um, like he does with Leon with a slightly different role. But I think... He wasn't bad. I'm not saying he had a 10 out of 10 game, but I think he did his, his role and he had a good game. Um, so just to point <clears throat> that out there. You know, the interesting thing, though, about Navarro is that um, I did I did focus on him uh, because, look, it, it's going to be either him or Chaka, right? It, it's going to be either It's going to be Chaka. It's going to be Chaka. And, well, let me tell you this much. Um, the thing about... Uh, Chaka is that he is um, he's one of those he's one of those fullbacks that mostly do better attacking than they do defending. Well, I think Navarro does it better defending, uh, but yet could still do very well attacking. The thing that Navarro has, though, if, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, Kari, is the fact that whenever he does go up, he tends to shift towards the middle. If, if I'm not mistaken, when when he does get down the wing, sometimes he does. Yeah, he, and, I mean, in connection with Mena, I mean, him and Mena had a great connection. It was like all all attacking. He would either move on the wing or, like you said, move towards the center. Um, uh, definitely a different role being played with Leon than with Selección because, you know, you don't have that type of chemistry that you know with Mena he had or with you know it was just different. But yeah, you're right. His his role was different. Um, but go on. No, no, I, I just saw that uh, he he kind of shifted a little bit more towards the middle whenever he did go attack, um, but I I don't think he was doing that just because he wanted to. I think he was trying to kind of give an option, you know, rather than just do the simple you know kind of uh, overlapping run, you know, that kind of was expected. I, I just saw him be a little bit more versatile, trying to go into the middle than actually go out wide, yeah. um, rather than Chaka, which I always saw him, you know trying to do that overlapping run, trying to go down the wing, trying to go, you know, blast his way through the byline, um, which, you know, it, you know, every every defender has his own ways of approaching these kind of attacking situations. But, you know, regardless of the matter of fact, I think they both performed recently well. Chaka, I would say, was a little bit more worrisome in, in the game uh, against Ecuador, but I'll let you guys take over that in a little bit. Um, but I think overall, a pretty well performance against Venezuela. And um, I think... Pretty much that sums it up. Unless you guys want to have anything else to add. Uh, just one last thing. This was the first match under Tata that Mexico has been down in the scoreline. You know, we were up against uh, Chile and we were up against Paraguay. So it was nice to see them, you know, kind of show that resilience and that mentality uh, and that fortitude to come back uh, from uh, from being down 1-0. Yeah, I think that's something that we talked about at the beginning of the pod. It was, it was nice to see this team have the ambition to go and look for the game, mm-hmm. rather than to kind of you know put their heads down, especially so early in the game. Yeah, so that was nice to see that. 
Definitely. Definitely. All righty. Well, with that said, Mexico 3, Venezuela 1, and that shifts us over to the mighty state of Texas where Mexico had landed and went to go face off against Ecuador at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, home of the Cowboys. And, uh, well, I'll leave that. I'll kind of just leave this off to you, Dylan and Gotti, kind of take us through kind of everything that went through this whole game, what you guys is uh, kind of, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, experience was in regards to this game and uh, everything that you guys kind of, you know, soaked in and, and saw not only in in on the pitch, but outside of it as well. So um, Friday was FanFest, uh, which was the first time that Mexico was doing this on a Mexican tour, Mexico tour. Um, so that was pretty fun. It was at Dallas City Hall. Um, there was different activities out there. There was Munoz and um, Luis Hernandez, like, signing, taking pictures. They had music, DJ. They had, you know, food stuff. It was just kind of to engage with all the people in Dallas, get them pumped up and excited. Um, and then the Selección Mexicana all came out, which was pretty cool because they got to see the fans um, there. And um, they're like, they had like signed soccer balls and we're giving them out and stuff. Um, so that was nice. It was like a nice Friday night, like people enjoying something to do, you know, in, in regards to the game coming up. And then Saturday, me and Dylan met up because uh, we went over to press conference with Tata Martino. So um, we, we had a conference with Tata Martino and then uh, El Bolillo. So that was nice. Uh, a couple of things were said there. And then I'm going to let Dylan take over. Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, meeting all the other people, you know, like Gary said, we finally got to meet um, meeting some other people like Haid, Tom, John, you know, just uh, getting to be in that press conference experience and, you know, just trying to trying to like uh, type type down what Tata said, you know, and tweeting it out and everything, all the information he was given out, you know, it was really fun. And then seeing the players, um, uh, warm up, you know, and get training started too, and getting able to get some footage of that and everything. And, uh, you know, it was fun. It was a fun experience. And then Sunday comes, you know, getting ready for the game. You're up in the press box, you get the lineups, you know, you're tweeting out the lineups and then all of a sudden it, it just comes game time and you're just going from there, just watching and just keeping up with it. And then, um, going back to Saturday, um, our press conference, uh, thought that was asked about Edson because we were all wondering, like, what was going on with Edson, if he was going to, you know, how was his injury looking? And uh, me and Dylan were there. And I think that that was saying that um, he was going to give um, Edson, like, right before the game on Saturday to see if he recovers. And at that point, if he'll decide between Antuna and him. So that was kind of like a news update on that. Um, and also, Bolillo was uh, stating about um, just being really respectable to the Mexican team and saying how... Uh, Mexico and Ecuador could be a final in Copa America. So that definitely meant a lot um, of how Bolillo has seen La Selección Mexicana. Um, and, um, you know, just in overall, it, it, it was pretty cool uh, seeing Bolillo, like, talking like that. Super casual, fun coach. Uh, his conversation was really well with all the press. Um, and then, yeah, Friday, I mean, excuse me, Sunday, chaos outside of the AT&T Stadium. Food everywhere. We, I, like, I was saying, like, you know, tables and chairs, carne asada, a DJ, a live DJ. I got a video of that, which is pretty cool. 
Um, you know, it's just like, we're Mexicans, we're locales everywhere. So it was a lot of like cool stuff um, out there. They also had like a mini like football fiesta kind of festival outside the stadium. Um, so that was fun too, because people could get their paint, like face painted, um, video games. There was like a singing contest. It was like a lot of cool stuff out there. Um, and then like Dylan said, we, we had to go back. We got lineups um, in the press box just waiting for the game to start. We got a pretty cool view um of the game so it's, it's really different uh, i think dylan could tell you it's really different watching it um on tv than live and then just at the at&t because you w- literally watch the screen you don't watch yeah. down <laughs> you watch the screen because you look down yeah you see the game but you can't see who's who until you like look up on the screen you're like okay i know what's going on so it was, it's always a different experience watching it on tv than live um if it was like a live like an FC Dallas and yeah it's smaller you definitely know who's who but uh, a magnitude a stadium like that and I think it was what 58,222 in attendance so I mean it's Texas they're gonna do this every year um, so it was successful in regards to that aspect off the pitch awesome 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 now Dylan <clears throat> I want you to uh, talk to us in regards to what song you performed at this uh uh, at this, uh, what would you say, karaoke, Cody? There was karaoke. Karaoke, karaoke. I was. I always pictured Dylan singing, you know, one of his famous, uh, you know, cowboy songs. But we'll see. We'll we'll see what he has to come back and say. But um, <clears throat> ultimately, yeah, like I said, what you guys were were bringing back to us via Twitter and Instagram was phenomenal. This is great, uh, Dylan. Um, just give me your your two cents on how you this whole magnitude experience, uh, you know that it was covering the Mexican national team like, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty of the game itself. The good side, the bad side, because you know how I stood on this before we started (laughs) (laughs) with, uh, with my dilemma. But anyways, that's not the point of this, but uh, overall, you know, it was, it was a good experience, you know, just, just to be able to see the game live, you know, um, you know, I, um, I, I think it kind of said it best too. When before we started the podcast, you know, uh, you get a sense, you, you feel the game differently than watching on TV and seeing it live. Um, even though it's, I've, I've caught myself a bunch of times looking up at the screen, watching it for about ten minutes before I realized the game's right in front of me, so I could watch it there. But um, you know, overall, it was good. You know, um, fun. Nonetheless, you know, being able to to, to get sound bites from some of the players too. Um, you know, like you mentioned too, getting to talk to Joe Looney offensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, talking about him and how the game's growing and everything, you know, it was a fun experience overall. Definitely, definitely looked like it was a lot, a lot of fun. And Cari, you said this, right? The Mexican national team is doing this every, uh, every year for how how long? Four, four years? Four it's to, years. It's to the next World Cup, right? I think so. so. Yeah, they're gonna, they'll have a game in Dallas um, every year. So that's something uh, cool to look forward to for all the Dallas fans, especially uh, some fans that maybe they can't go uh, elsewhere to watch a Mexico game. Uh, it's fun to see maybe their favorite players like, you know, Jimenez, um, Ochoa, like those type of players, uh, see them at home once uh, once a year. So I know people have, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's a money thing. Why? Because 
it is it is what it is. It's literally money you question it about. Yeah, some, sometimes it is a luxury to go to these games, to be honest. Yeah, it is. And you question about how much money the Federación is making. Um and where does it all go to? And if it's being That is used... that is that is a that is a topic above our own head, Kelly. And we <laughs> <laughs> I would feel comfortable talking about this in another stage of, of but not before Gold Cup starts. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> no, but you're right. That is a big topic that is to be said in, in regards to, you know, the whole contract with the sum and all that stuff. But again, that's that's for that's for like a messy episode. And we're just trying to like not be this messy episode. right now. Yeah, no. No, I mean, overall, it's a, it's a cool experience. Like I said, I think uh, it's something cool to look forward to. And uh, especially at that stadium, it, it's a it's a fabulous stadium. Like I, you know, especially because me and you know Dylan are in Dallas and we you know cowboy games and all that. But it's beautiful if you look inside and outside. It's really cool, especially the like I said, the screens really help you watch the game better than uh, if you're like way up there. Just look at the screen and you're good. Definitely. Well, I mean, it gives me a reason to go down to Dallas again next year and maybe this time actually catch the game and uh, go with alongside all of you guys. But get that we'll we'll get there next year now i want to go and talk about the game itself because i think it was a very very good interesting game that we saw a game in which maybe a lot of us didn't give too much credit to ecuador coming into this but they put up a really good fight against the mexican national team and maybe exposed some of our weaknesses coming into this gold cup and uh i'm interested to see what your guys's take was on it in regards to uh whether or not uh mexico kind of has everything lined up perfectly for this competition coming up. So, um, I, I mean, I'll let you guys take it away. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys the lineup that we had against Ecuador, what you guys' thoughts were on that and how you guys saw the game progress throughout the throughout the first and second half. But uh, in goal, you had Memo Ochoa, and then you had uh, a right back, uh, Chaka Rodriguez, center back partnership with Cesar Montes and Hector Moreno. And then in the left back position, you had George Sanchez. In the midfield, you had Jonathan Dos Santos, you had Luis Montes, and you had Andres Guardado. And up top, you had Orbelin Pineda, Raul Jimenez, and, and Uriel Untuna. Now, this was projected to be at least 70 to 80% the official, the official lineup he would have for the Gold Cup. Um, I, I just I kind of want you guys' two cents in regards to this lineup, whether or not you guys think this is actually going to be true uh, to the Gold Cup lineup that we'll see. And uh, just in, in regards to everything else, to the game, you guys kind of just kind of go about it. Um, Kai, do you want to go first? Uh, are you saying like the players that we liked it from that lineup? Well, in, in regards to well, when the lineup came out, what was mm-hmm. your kind of – thoughts about it because this was rumored to be the at least almost a hundred percent the official lineup that he would use in regards to the gold cup um and what players maybe you guys obviously wouldn't see starting and uh whether or not you guys would make any changes uh dylan you can go <laughs> um you know any any changes um honestly i saw like I'm, I'm, Three people there that would be on the starting Sorry. lineup. Yeah, everyone else yeah. should not be starting, in my opinion. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't really think a lot of uh yeah a, lot, a majority of the lineup was really uh starting where they maybe like Christian said like three people at most. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day too, I kind when they're, um I really kind of saw thought they're trying to experiment a little more, especially with Guardado in that holding role, uh, which 
which, you know, we'll probably talk about a little bit more later too. But um, I think he was looking for some other things. Obviously, he said too in his press conference that those players that haven't received minutes were going to receive minutes in, in this friendly. And um, I think he's just trying to see what, what else he's got from his players too, especially from uh, Antuna too, you know, just trying to see what he can get for him, whether he's going to keep him or not, depending on the instant situation and potentially, you know, who knows, maybe the Hector Moreno situation too. Um, you know, it's just, you know, if we're talking overall the game too for us on that team, I thought the team looked, looked um, okay. Obviously, there are some things to work on. You know, um, I really see a lot of changes in this lineup come Saturday. Yeah, I think um, even Tata said that out of the four games, this was his worst game. Uh, it definitely has a lot of uh, self-criticism with his team. I don't think like 70, 80% of his team starts. I think we can agree like Jimenez, Ochoa, and Guardado start, right? Is that what we're looking at? I would yes. add in I mean, Jonathan Dos Santos. Yeah, well, I would add yeah. I, would, I was going to mm-hmm. say. But yeah, but probably, probably Chaka too. Mm, unfortunately, uh, even unfortunately. though we don't want to. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, but yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. But yeah. I get what you're saying, though. Um, yeah, going back to what Dylan said, Antuna was, he was kind of like his like last chance to like, you know, make or break it with Tata. And I kind of was surprised, like the first like 20, 25 minutes from Antuna, really high pressuring on the wing, attacking, because I personally really questioned Antuna from, on the roster to begin with. I, like I did, I'm like, really? Just, you know, and that's a whole other controversy that I don't want to get into. But um, I, I, I saw some great things from him. So, like, you don't say now with Hector Moreno or not. Um, but, you know, I think Shaka will start over Navarro. Yes. Jorge Sanchez had a really off game. I was really, yeah. like, um, kind of surprised, you know, because I think, you know, with America – he, he kind of remained pretty consistent and, and with a selection, I, I didn't like him. Um, Luis Montes, I mean, to me, he, he was one of the one of the great players uh, during the game. I think last season, I was, uh, not this past season, but the season before that, I questioned if he should remain starting because of his age. And this past season with Leon, he's remained consistent. And it was really great to see him back in Dallas, injury-free, because we all remember in Dallas, he had that horrible injury before mm-hmm. World Cup. So it was Ecuador, great. Right? Yeah, against yeah. Yeah. Dallas. So it goes back to like the injury curse um, with Luis Montes, Nestor Araujo. Now it's kind of like Hector Moreno, you know, with the whole thing. But it was nice to see a healthy Chapo Montes um, on Sunday. And um, a golazo. I mean, it, it was a good goal. Um but I I agree. I think this the the team on uh, Saturday will will be totally different than what we saw on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Definitely, just happy to have a a, a healthy non injured Cowboy Dan back. To be honest, <laughs> With oh man, that's going don't, on over there. don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what, Christian, I'll throw this to you. Um, anything else you want to add on in regards to this this lineup or or, or what you saw in regards to these players? Um, no, I think uh, Kari and Dylan kind of hit it, hit it on the head. You know, we we saw we saw a mix uh, of a few players that did good things. I think Cesar Montes kind of did his role well. You know, just being thrown in there to see, you know, for Tata just to see what he can do, and you know, maybe he even can be starting uh, to fight for uh, for a starting spot, like you said, because we don't know what's going on with Hector Moreno. You know, he's not going to be hundred uh, percent. He hits the a- ball into his own net. What do you mean? Oh, off the Montes? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was just a Montes. Yeah, but like, 
That's, uh, that's come that's on. You can't, like, you can't really pin that on no. him, though. Come on. Yes, it can. That's not how you jump and defend the wall situation. It's a friendly. Uh, if it was yeah. like a crucial game, like final, I would definitely be angry. But I mean, it happens. It's not like it's not going to happen. Other than that, though, I'm, I'm just trying to be the here. Yeah, I can tell. But, you know, I. Orbelin Pineda, I don't think he, he really stood out for me. I was questioning that. What did you yeah. think about Orbelin? Because I yeah, don't think no. he stood out for me. Mm-mm, no. You know, no. and I talked I talked to my friend. Uh, he's a Cruz Azul fan. And, you know, we, we were talking. He said, yeah, you know, he really didn't have you know, a good season with Cruz Azul. He kind of picked it up, you know, and then in the in the series against America. But other than that, though, he has been very lackluster for them. And that kind of showed his form. Like Jorge Sanchez, in my opinion, you know, he was very, very lackluster for us in Liguilla. And, you know, it seems that his form has not improved. And uh, I kind of agree with Cotty. You know, he this wasn't a, a good game for him. And uh, it questions, maybe will he even be starting come Saturday? Who knows? I would hope that George still gets the starting position. I think I he think let, will start. Let, let, let's, let's, put, let's put Sanchez at right back. Let's start him at right back. Something that you didn't really get to do with the Medica. I mean, he does like that right back position. That's he what does. he's yeah. raised on. Um, but we're not gonna get him at right back. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, we're no. not gonna get him at right back. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, in regards to everything, um, let's just go on and 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 go through it kind of piece by piece. I mean, again, is a match where Mexico took most of the ball possession, sixty one percent. I mean, total shots we had ten in regards to their eight, uh, which out of those ten, seven were on target, which is a good sign. So, which is a really good sign. And, and coming from uh, people that watch and, and criticize America <laughs> throughout the whole season, for oh them God. to have that much shots on, shots on target in regards to the total shots, that's refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but in regards to everything else, I think you saw that this was a very good, well-balanced Mexico side that knows what they have to play at, right? And then something that I've seen a lot of people talk about on 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 social media is that looks like and, and our good friends down at the Cantina Mekis podcast they kind of uh, set out set out a tweet in in relation to this, saying um, it looks like the players are conforming to the style of play that 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 wants them to. They're actually playing to the style and to the rhythm that is being asked of them, that is being shown to them. And something that Memo Cho came out and said to the media as well, that when uh, Tuca Ferretti was there, there wasn't really a sense of work. Uh, there wasn't really this kind of practice. It was more of, yeah, let's get together, let's scrimmage, scrimmage. Let's, play some, let, <laughs> let's play some soccer tennis and call it a day. In which, in regards to this, I think that was actually kind of grinding them. And 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 you guys were there firsthand in the practice that you guys got to see exactly what he was trying to, you know, omit to them and, and what he wants them to be regurgitating on the pitch as well. So um, it, it it's definitely showcasing. I mean, and, and, and if you don't believe it at first sight, and if you're more of a numbers person, which I know a lot of people are sometimes, I mean, the numbers don't lie. You look back at these past couple of games. It's a, it's a game where Mexico has most of the ball position. It's where Mexico dominates in most of the stats, you know, in regards to shots, in regards to passing, in regards to all that stuff. This is a Mexico side that's finally looking like what we've always wanted to see. And the most craziest thing about it is this isn't even the strongest Mexico side that you can possibly get, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely something to be proud of in regards to what this new era is with Tata Martino. And, and I don't know what your guys' take on this, and I'll, I'll throw it to you, Christian. How, you know, looking at all these numbers and looking at how this game progressed against Ecuador, even though it wasn't the best, I, there's still a lot of positive things to take away from this game, no? 
Yeah, you know, I think I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot who mentioned it earlier in the podcast. You know, the system that that's trying to implement. And you can, you can see how everyone's always on the same page. No matter who you take in and who you put in, um, you know, they, they, they have a sense. They, they know what to do in this system, and it just flows naturally. You know, you sub out one player, you put another player, and they know exactly what to do. And, you know, it's like they never left. You know, yeah, you might get a few, you know, flashy plays here and there, you know, something like that. But overall, you still get the same system and the same fluidity throughout the match. And the consistency that we've been looking for in a Mexican national team is finally coming uh, to fruition. And it's great to see. Definitely, definitely. Go go ahead, Cuddy. Go ahead. Um, no, I agree. I agree with Christian. I think I under- underestimated that uh, what he could do with this Mexico team. And like you said, it's not the strongest Mexico team. So if you can just imagine come 2020, um, you know, the next World Cup, uh, what could be. It's exciting. Um, I didn't mean, I didn't mean 2020. I meant 2020. And you know what I meant. Uh, I have, I have 2022. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, was, I was thinking of so, oh, all the four teams that Mexico played with are, uh, what's it called? Conmebol teams. Yeah. Uh, so, I think, you know, who's, was it Tata? I think Tata was saying it, that uh, Conmebol teams are, they're all very important teams. And, you know, like ahead of the Mexico-Ecuador team, you know, stating that Ecuador is a strong Comebol team. And, you know, in reality, Copa America is a really, you know, strong tournament, just like qualifiers. So, you know, having Mexico play Comebol teams and Mexico coming out victorious, it just sends a message out there of his dedication and that he, you know, is going to do the best he can, whether it's a little tournament or whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know, we all have the positive negatives about, you know, whether we, sh- you know, we should... Uh, play this cup, take it seriously, or Copa America. But I'll throw something out there that actually John Arnold was saying that uh, we have an opportunity in this Gold Cup um, for Mexico to get nine points, which Mexico hasn't won their three games in a Gold Cup. And I can't remember how many years he told me. So I think, you know, achieving that with that, that would be just another uh, great mark that will be left by him. And, you know, obviously coming out victorious in the Gold Cup is just a huge plus. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, let's go just jump straight back into this game um, before we go on to either another bigger tangent. Um, so, I mean, you saw Mexico come out and score a, a really good goal. Jonathan mm-hmm. Santos, a really good goal. Um, and then you kind of saw Ecuador kind of give more of a fight back. And then you saw, you know, the goal that, that uh, Mexico concedes off that free kick. And then, uh, of course, then you see Mexico's reply, which I think was the most important part, was how would they reply to that sucker punch? And they came out, went out, scored another goal. And then, again, as always, it, it happens to us Mexicans, in a set-piece situation, well, more of a corner kick. In the aerial battles, we lose it out again, um, something that's been talked about for years and years. Um, and we concede off a corner kick. But then again, it was what kind of reply are we going to have from this team? And straight off the bat, again, they showcase that they're here to fight and that they're here to showcase that um, they're not willing to put the, themselves down so easily. They're not easily down for the count. They're ready to fight and, and they're ready to go and push at it again, which I think really showcases how strong the mentality is in the camp right now. You know, Um 
Dylan, I don't know. You, you were there firsthand. How did you see this team in regards to to scoring goals and conceding? What the attitude was like? I mean, just kind of an overall kind of assessment of what you saw the team like. Um, overall, looking at the team, I said it before. You know, I think this team played okay. Um, kind of like Gotti, Gotti said too in the press conference. Not the, his worst game, um, but you know, um, the, I, this midfield was still fun to see. It, it really was. I mean. I mean, let's face it, you know, the I think the chemistry's there. Um, I think the guys were out there even having fun, too. I, you see a couple of times, you know, it was failed, but, you know, the back uh, the backfield pass was attempted a couple of times, too. And, you know, it didn't really lead to nothing. But it just shows that these guys kind of trust each other. And, you know, that, like you said, that they're to fight, too. I even think uh, Edward Lewis, head coach, too, even came out and said, you know, the, these players are just like their boxers, too. They have a tough chin, and they're always going to fight no matter what. Um, you know, and, and it's tested to that, too. Um, like you said, you know, Jonathan Los Santos, you know, got that goal. I think, I think too, you know, that injury with Moreno, you know, kind of got, gave a little scare to the team, especially, you know, this stadium and the way it's been to the, to the team uh, for a while now, especially since uh, Chapito's injury. But, you know, this team still came out. This team, the team is still team, the team still fought and just, just keep going from there. Definitely. Christian, anything to add on? No, I think Dylan hit it perfectly. You know, it was it was nice to see, like I said, them the mentality and and you know how where the uh, the players' head uh, are at when you're faced with an obstacle like that. You know, you you get sucker punched right right at the beginning of the second half, and how do you respond? And for me, I think they did it. They did it pretty well. Definitely, Daddy. What was your take on all of this? I mean, in regards to the players, the attitude. I mean, anything else that you you kind of saw that you know was like okay. Nice to see the team kind of react like this. I think it was just like, uh, I think we all agree, just to see them react. Um, I think in other times we've seen in Mexico that's losing, and sometimes we question, are they going to come back? Um, so I think they played, they played, they played, they played well. Um, mentally, I think they're, they're really determined. Um, and I, 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 you know, I think back to what Christian said that. You know, you take a player out, the player comes back in, and they know their role. And I think I really applaud that because it just, you know, gives us hopes. So I think overall it was a good game against Ecuador. I mean, great team. You know, it was their last game um, before Copa America. It was our last game before Gold Cup. So um, I think we saw good for both teams. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, um, 3-2. Obviously not the best result in regards to keeping a clean sheet or to maybe showing how well we are defensively speaking, but without, you know, kind of throwing that all to the side, ultimately still a pretty good game, especially those fans who went out there and, um, you know, maybe had a little bit of hard time with the weather that was going on. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely had themselves a pretty good showcasing. Five mm-hmm. goals. Can't complain about that, right? Um so I think ultimately, are you guys content with the game that was displayed on Sunday? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like there's things to work on. Obviously, um, you know, there was some some stuff that I was looking at, but overall, you know, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty content with it. I think. All right, Gotti. Content. All righty, content as. Um, I guess is the word to use for this game, but definitely a fun atmosphere that you guys definitely provided to us. So thank you so much, Gotti and Dylan, for the great, great coverage that you guys gave us. And uh, definitely a fun experience for all of those who were down in uh, Arlington 
almost said Dallas again, Dylan, almost said <laughs> Dallas. Um, definitely you guys made the atmosphere and, and, and the game just that much more better. So thank you to the both of these wonderful people um, who were able to put on a wonderful, wonderful production for us. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed it and hopefully more to come from us here at the Eagle podcast with uh, conjunction with La Resaca Americanista in this Gold Cup edition of uh, of the podcast. So um, without further ado, let's get out of the uh, friendly mode and let's get into official competition mode. So Mexico will be debuting against Cuba in the Gold Cup on Saturday, which is uh, Jan- January, I'm already going nice on January, uh, which is June 15th. That is this Saturday. They will be facing off against Cuba in Pasadena, or as people would like to say, LA. They're like 40 minutes, 30 minutes away. But um, see, so now, you, now you understand. Now you understand. You <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really care. I mean, they could call it LA, but you know what? It's going to be at the famous Rose Bowl Arena. And uh, which, funny enough, I've only been there once in my whole entire life. And the only time I went there was to go see One Direction. Oh, my God. I would love to hear this side story. (laughs) Now, now, granted, it wasn't because I wanted to go see One Direction. It was because it was my sister and my cousin's birthday and my uh, my uh, my uncle got him tickets to go see them. And so I was a designated kind of chauffeur to go take him to go see that which by the way that wasn't that bad of a concert whatever you say buddy i'll just say this this discussion after the pod discussion (laughs) after the pod i already wrote it down uh but it will be at the rose bowl uh, uh at the rose bowl and it will definitely be, hopefully, a very good spectacle. For those of you guys wondering whether or not we're going to be down there, I will be going down there representing the podcast, hopefully be seeing, hopefully, a bunch of you guys. I know a couple of people down from uh, uh, Passion and from PBA and from, um, I mean, I got coworkers that are going to the game and they're going to be tailgating. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to see a whole bunch of you guys down there, hopefully taking a whole bunch of pictures, posting you guys on our Instagram and our Twitter hopefully trying to bring you guys the best coverage as this is our first ever gold cup that we're going to be covering and we're very very excited to do so and again we couldn't make this possible without any of you out there so thank you so much for the support thank you so much for everything and we'll try to do and reimburse uh everything back to you guys with great great coverage of this gold cup but without further ado ladies and gentlemen um let's get into this gold cup and where do we see mexico in regards to this competition how far we see them where we see them going out of the group stage and how far they can make it into uh, a deep run in this tournament. Gary, I know you mentioned this, but um, Mexico has yet to win all three games in the group stage match. Will this be the year that we finally yes. see this uh, this team actually break that curse? Gosh, yes. she didn't let you finish the question. She said yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I definitely, I like it being under that. I feel like if you ask me uh, under a different coach, I'd be questioning it. But um, I think if we are being realistic, um, we're going against Cuba, Martinique, and Canada. I feel like, like I said before, man to man, where we win. Um, so I feel like Mexico will help finish first, and we are going to win Gold Cup. We're obligated to win Gold Cup. Like that's that's it's enough said. Like we're obligated to win. So that's that's my prediction. 
So you see Mexico coming out nine points out of nine mm-hmm. and making a deep run and winning the Gold Cup. Yes, sir. All righty, gentlemen. Same. Same? Same. Dylan? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little different. I'm gonna say we walk out seven points when we win the Gold Cup. I'm going with Dylan exactly on that. So I don't we see Mexico against what Canada? No, Martinique. Okay. Well. <laughs> you guys laughed out, but why are you laughing, Dylan? I'll even give you guys one better. I don't know. I'll, I'll give you guys one better. Know. And every single game Mexico plays in this Gold Cup, we will score more than three or more goals in each and every game. Now you're being a little bit more dramatic than I was in the World Cup when mm. I said Mexico to win every game 4-0. Yeah, no. Um, that, that's I, that's I different. That, Ivan, I mean, that's that different. I, I think I can agree with Christian on this one that we're expected to win at least more than two goals um, in each of these uh, group stage games. Maybe it's 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 the Americanista in me that knows that you're ultimately set for failure, but... Sometimes you just got to realize that your team is going to struggle because they're just going to struggle, and that's fine. And I could see us walking away with seven points and still winning the Gold Cup. I can yeah. too, but I don't think we will. I think we'll get the nine points. Yeah, I think I think it's all mental um, at this point, mentally. Um, you know, we've been four out of four. We just have to make sure that the players don't get you know overconfident regardless of these teams, but know that they have to play each match the same you know they can't put their standards low and just be like oh it's just a scrimmage you know against cuba um and you know then out of nowhere surprise um so i think it's all mental uh for these players and i think they can go invictus all the way to the final i I honestly believe that i don't think that would be some that would be some record (laughs) it definitely would be um well let's 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 put it this way I just feel like some of these players are going to be overworked. And I said it time and time again, the, the depth we have in this roster isn't doesn't fill me with that much confidence going forward. So who do you think is going to be overworked, like, particularly? Like, do you think, Jimenez, like, Jimenez? Pizarro. No. Jimenez, Pizarro. And, I mean, I could see Guardado being overworked, too. Uh, I can see, I, I can see Guardado. Guardado. Yeah, but, you know... In respect to Pizarro and Jimenez, this is their moment to to prove themselves. They're gonna they're gonna they're seize hungry. an opportunity. They're hungry. They're gonna they're gonna make the most out of it. I that highly doubt they're gonna feel overworked. I mean that's what we say now, but I mean it's just especially look Jimenez coming off a long season, right? It's, it's not right. like he's had time yeah, to but recover. He, but he could have said no. I don't want to go. No, you I know. know. And, 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 no, and I'm saying that. I'm just saying. This is where usually, if we had a Chicharito and a Jimenez situation, it would be like, okay, so we know that if he doesn't play one game, then at least you know we have this other player that can come in and step up in this game, right? But you mentioned this as well, Kadi. In 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 this roster, we have a Jimenez, but we have a very questionable Alexis Vegas, whether or not you know whether or not yeah. he can come into this stage and be a starter, for example, a game against Martinique in which Jimenez should get the rest, you know, and whether or not can Vegas produce in that situation. Yeah, but I can also see a situation where Jimenez starts, Jimenez gets a goal, Pizarro gets a goal, um, maybe a Guardado or, like, off a corner, one of the center backs, and then Jimenez subs off, leaves Alexis Vega to, like, maybe just maintain and maybe get a goal. I mean, uh, you know, obviously I think... I wouldn't. I wouldn't have questioned 
Vega if it, if this was right after the tournament he had with Toluca. You know, obviously he didn't have the best tournament with Chivas. And, you know, now he's playing Gold Cup. But then I applaud him because I interviewed him. I was like, how do you feel? And he, he's very excited to get the opportunity uh, to play with a national team. Um, so, yeah, he's not coming in his best moment. But I can definitely see him you know, coming off second half, maybe when Mexico's already winning and, you know, still making a difference out there. Maybe uh, not as uh, uh, big of a difference as, as Jimenez, as we've seen, you know, him and Alexis Vegas had totally polar opposite seasons. But uh, I can see maybe Jimenez setting the stage and uh, Alexis Vega just, you know, maintaining it and maybe get a goal here and there. Why not? You know, I think we have to applaud these, especially these youngsters that they said yes, and they are coming, even if it's for a Moreno Gold Cup, they are coming uh, to give it their all, so that, that's just what I think. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's what I want, right? That's, that's that's ultimately the goal that you want, to see that you know all your players step up to the stage. It's just, I guess, the pessimist in me that's kind of thinking, you know, well, you know, the worst case scenario comes and you need a humanist to to get 45 minutes of break and, you know, you start Alexis Vegas and Alexis Vegas doesn't score and then you get to chuck in Jimenez and Jimenez is, you know, trying to do his best and, you know, for whatever reason, the ball's not going to the back of the net. You know, it's just things like this that I we've seen before. You know, it's, it's, it's things that we've seen in the national team before. And then it's just, I guess the old saying is history tends to repeat itself, right? Right. So it's just, I'm, I'm trying to see how this roster can do better than the rosters prior to that and walk out with three points in, in, in each of these group stage matches and go out and, and, and outperform the rest of the competition in the, in the knockout stages, you know, because eventually, you know, we're, we're going to come up against uh, Costa Rica. You know, we, we might come up against a Jamaica that's looking but Costa really Rica good. won't have Cato Navas, so... Yeah, but we don't have Chucky <laughs> Corona. We don't. I mean, we could. I we go down the list as well. <laughs> right. Um, True, but right. I, I maybe I'm just very optimistic. I'm very positive because of same. I'm the same way. If it was Copa America, then I would be kind of like, I would be, I would be, I would still be optimistic, but I'd be like, you know what? Like, I would, I would be like, yeah, like we could have used X and X player, you know, especially in this tournament. But since Gold Cup, I feel like we'll do fine. But yeah, I mean, it happens. Um, I think what that said, especially with Vets on injuries happen. So you question, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, if it happened to, you know, Jimenez, then it's kind of like, whoa, then what, what's the plan now? So, yeah, I, I agree with what you said, Ivan. Okay. Alrighty. But I think we're all in agreement that Mexico needs to come out on top of their group and win this Gold Cup. If not, and then it's going to be looked at as a failure. A fracaso, yes. whatever you want to call it, and yeah. that's going to be under that hot seat, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's managed well um, so far, and I think uh, when me and yeah, because he's won all these games so far. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm. That's where I'm going to. Um, when you know, this is a side note, but going to that, I'm not saying I. I personally think we're going to go invicto in this Gold Cup, right? Me but too. there will there will be a time where we will lose, right? Because yes, it's así yes, es fútbol. <laughs> and we, we're, we're, we're gonna see how the media reacts to that though because i think it's gonna be totally different if it was someone else and they will all throw you know tomatoes at him and say like boo like we lost and you know it's the worst blah 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 <laughs> but you, you really question okay the day that we lose how is the media gonna react how is the fan base gonna react you know 
Um, and I think another thing that me, when I'm going to me and dealing with the press conference regarding uh, Tata Martino was that he was really bothered about all the sponsor uh, commitments, all the marketing that he has to do with La Selección. And I feel, and he was like, yeah, I don't like it. I didn't expect it, blah, blah, blah. He spoke out about it. And why? Because I think he has the title of, you know, Argentinian coach, like Paraguayan coach. He has a, uh, a posture. He has, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? To, to say, like, he doesn't like it. But if it was someone else saying, oh, yeah, I hate the commitments. I hate the sponsor thing and that. Then the media would totally play it in a different way. So. I don't know. Um, it's curious. It's curiosity to see what happens when we lose. You know? I think when we lose, the first person that's going to want his head is Dylan. What? <laughs> Where is this coming from? <laughs> no, but you're right, Cuddy. It's going to be interesting when that day comes because that day is eventually going to come. No one stays unbeaten, not even um, not even that famous Arsenal side. that went I was going to say not even Leon, but... <laughs> not even Leon. We know what happened. Um, <clears throat> it'd be interesting to see how how that comes up about it. And we know how the Mexican media works. We know yeah. how the Mexican media works here in the United States, and we definitely know how it works down in Mexico. So, um, it'd be interesting to see how they spin it and how Tata Martino is able to kind of you know manage manage that situation. But overall, we're pretty confident in this side. We're pretty confident that we can get a win, and you guys can follow this whole journey alongside us here at the Eagle Eye Podcast as we'll be bringing you guys up-to-date reports, up-to-date shows every week in regards to the Gold Cup. And uh, it starts off next week. Gentlemen, are we ready? Yes. Yes. All righty. Definitely, definitely ready. Well, like we said, this Saturday, Mexico goes up against Cuba. And we'll do a quick preview of this matchup. I don't really want to, you know, detain these people any longer than we've already had them here for but coming into this game knowing what we know already knowing that there's might be some injuries but still not the strongest opposition at hand how do you guys see mexico coming into this game and give me just a quick predicted lineup i'll go i'll throw it to you first dylan um and give me a sense and also give me a scoreline prediction at the end um so you want me to start lineup first right yeah, give me starting lineup first. How you predict uh, Mexico approaches this game, and then ultimately give me your uh, your final prediction. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Ochoa and goal. Uh, I think Jack is a clear right back at this moment. Um, let's see, Montes. I think Montes will. I don't know. I think Montes will get a start. I think it's gonna be something interesting. Especially, it's kind of hard too, especially with these injuries, which I kind of wish we knew a little bit more about, but we don't know much yet. But uh, Montes as a center back. Um, let's. I'm gonna go with Arajo. I forgot about Arajo being there, and then Gallardo, sure. Gallardo in the mid, uh, in the left back spot. I'm gonna go Guardado in the midfield, along with uh, Dos Santos, and I'm hoping Rodriguez gets the start. Uh, Jimenez up top, uh, Pizarro, and. Uh, up top. Okay. All right. And um, how do you see Mexico coming into this game? Like approaching it in, in regards to trying to come out with a victory? Um, I think they come out like they have been, you know, just uh, if they can. I think this team is, is, is doing fairly well playing out of the back. Uh, this midfield, the midfield has been fun to watch too as well. Um, just look for a lot of uh, creative passes 
um, I think uh, it's a win for Mexico. All righty. And final prediction? Uh, I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0 for who? Mexico. <laughs> Try to see there if you're going to say Cuba. But all right, then. Okay. <laughs> I'll throw it to you now, Christian. Uh, anything you would change in that lineup? Yeah, I would just take Montes out of center back, and I would put Diego Reyes in. Uh, I don't think Salcedo's ready to start, and obviously Moreno's not being uh, ready to play as well as uh, Edson Alvarez. And Cesar Montes didn't really convince me for a starting role, so I'll put Diego Reyes in there. I, I, everything else I think is perfect. Um, and my scoreline, 5-0. 5-0? Wow, you're throwing a party in Pasadena. Five All right. <clears throat> okay, Gadi. Last one goes down to you. Do you change anything in the lineup? Anything you see Mexico coming into this game? And your final prediction? Um, I actually I was laughing because when Dylan finished his lineup, it was my lineup um, with Montes and Nestor as uh, center backs. Um, if it was up to me, I think I'd play Navarro this game, but I know Shaka is going to definitely play. The thing with Shaka. Uh, I don't hate him, but I don't like him as much, you know? It's kind of like that player that he, his role is different and Tigres and in the three, I'm not like 100% convinced, but I could see Shaka starting, same lineup, uh, Pizarro, Piojo, uh, Jimenez up top, Charlie, and Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect the Mexico going full forward, um, just making a statement, especially against Cuba. I don't see them being conservative at all. And my goal score, I mean, my uh, scoreboard is 4-0, Mexico. 4-0 to Mexico. Wow. So all of you guys are throwing a party down in Pasadena. So a minimum of at least three goals is what I'm expected to see. And if I walk away of that matchup, and I'm going to message you guys as soon as final was, and if it's only one goal, I'm going to be very upset at every single one of you guys, especially those in the chat that are saying 5-1 to one right now. Um, but, Okay. That's interesting, but I, I I can agree to you guys' lineup. Um, I I think we are all on the same page. Um, I do see Mexico coming at at uh, at this game to make a full statement in regards to what they're here for. Um, even though it's Cuba, I think they're gonna go at it. They're gonna you know completely try to steamroll them, and of course try to put on a good show in front of their fans because as always, Mexico, like you said, Cari, is at home wherever they go here in the United States. So they'll definitely they're definitely gonna be at home here in Pasadena and. Uh, <clears throat> should be definitely a fun one to 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 be watching that. So if you're at home watching it through the TV, make sure you tune in 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 Central, 10 Eastern, live through Univision. You guys will be able to catch that. And uh, you guys can also keep up live up-to-date tweets if you guys are, for some reason, at a bautismo or a wedding and you guys cannot <laughs> watch the game live. You guys can keep up-to-date in regards to the matchup through our Twitter at Resaca America US. You guys can catch all the live updates and all the live stats in regards to the game as I will be down there giving you guys as much great coverage as possible. But I do see this Mexico side putting on a good show, and I will say this much. I think Mexico wins 2-0. to zero. I know you'd be like a 1-0 or a 2-0. I will say, though, if Reyes starts, it's going to be 4-1. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm hoping I really want Memo to get the gold the the golden glove here. So I'm I'm hoping for clean sheets throughout this whole entire competition. Well, don't start Reyes. 
Damn, I'm so okay. mean. I just, I he's just a liability to me. Always. That's your boy. That's your boy. No. He I know you were happy when he got boy. subbed in Sunday. Anyways. She's like, I hashtag heart Reyes. Oh, my <laughs> God. Where's Scotty <laughs> Burner? You know she's tweeting on her burner. Yeah. <laughs> I need a burner account, guys. I need a burner account. Oh, my goodness. All righty. Well, uh, it definitely should be a fun game. Uh, for those of you who are going to be attending the game live down at Pasadena and you guys are going to be either tailgating or at, uh, you know, in and around the stadium, uh, let us know. Let us know. Tweet us at, uh, like I said, at Resaca America US. Let us know that you guys are going to be there. Go try to get as much, as much interviews as I can with some of you guys, the fans. Get pictures of your guys' tailgates, of all your guys' party going on. The weather should be lovely. It should be a total of, I believe, 80-something degrees out there in Pasadena. So it should not be as hot and caliente as it has been right now. Uh, really excited for this. Uh, so hopefully you guys come out in loads and boatloads and uh, hopefully we can go out there and have a wonderful, wonderful game that we can come back and talk about next week on Tuesday and whether or not Mexico showcased exactly what we needed, we needed to see from them in the first game in the Gold Cup. But without further ado, uh, anything else you guys want to add on into this uh, preview of the Gold Cup? No. Yeah. Definitely, definitely said it all. All right, uh, Christian, anything else? No, I think we had everything good. All righty. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. If you guys, for whatever reason, miss out on a show, you guys can always find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify under the name The Eagle Eye Podcast. Um, again, thank you to uh, thank you so much to La Rosaca Americanista for opening their doors and giving us this uh, new home to be part of and to give us a new platform. Uh, big news coming up in regards to La Rosaca Americanista and everything in regards to the America community. Uh, we will be launching some uh, new information, uh, some new logo. If you guys have seen our Twitter page, that will be coming out this Friday. A lot of great things are going to be happening within the Rosaca Americanista, uh, not just in the Mexican community, but in the American community that we're building as well. Um, in regards to American news, uh, we do have a couple of things that we would have wanted to talk about. Unfortunately, the time has run out for us. Uh, the biggest news being that if America does not sell any players this summer transfer window, then there will be no players coming in to replace, uh, which is a very, very big controversial topic. We will have more of this to discuss, hopefully, throughout the rest of the summer. We do have uh, the Colossus Cup that we are going to be uh, covering as well, uh, the uh, Campeon de Campeones, all of this. And more, it uh, is 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 here to come. So make sure you guys stay tuned to the podcast. Make sure you guys stay tuned to our Twitter page, our Instagram, to everywhere that you guys can find news in regards to America and to the national team. We will be there. So from great to greatest, we'll definitely be ready to give you guys the best coverage in regards to America and to L3. So again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Miscari Torres, thank you so much for coming out here and joining us again on the podcast. Always a delight to have you on. Um, thank you guys for having me. Uh, you know, I support you guys 100%, regardless of what jersey we wear, because you guys are great at what you do. And I want to personally congratulate you guys live uh, for this new, uh, you know, set goal. And I know you guys are doing great things, and I will do nothing but support you guys. So uh, uh, congratulations and keep going. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It means the world to us. Uh, Gadi, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at Carritores underscore seven uh, if you want to keep an update with El Tri, uh, Liga MX stuff, um, and food. I usually post food pics when I'm in uh, Mexico, <laughs> so uh, you can definitely find me there. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely go go follow her if you guys haven't done so already. She uh, brings great great topics to light, and she's uh, she's definitely one of the key members of the community that you definitely want to keep an eye on in regards to all things uh, national team and uh, Liga MX. Uh, gentlemen, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Christian, Dylan, thank you so much, and again, Dylan, thank you for the great work that you put out uh, out there in uh, Arlington as well. Very welcome. No problem. Thank you for having me, man. Yep, thank you for having me. My favorite time of the week. You know this. Definitely, definitely favorite time of the week for all of us. And for all of you who joined us live, thank you so much. And we'll be seeing you guys again next week. As always, uh, stay tuned. And um, nothing else really to be said, but here we go. Pasadena, I will be seeing you guys on Saturday. Make sure you guys are ready for the party that is up to that is bound to happen because these fine people have said that there's going to be at least three or more goals. We'll see whether or not that comes to fruition. But without further ado, have yourselves a wonderful, wonderful night. We'll see you guys very, very soon. And as always... Up the Mexican national team. Vamos el tri. <laughs>